My name's Tomo and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube. But this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening and let's crack on. Welcome to the stream. Welcome to the first post-race chinwag of 2023. And just to make a point, I decided to be three minutes early. Roll intro. 3D logo. Spin, spin, spin. Lovely jubbly. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate you all taking the time. And it's here. It's got really cold in England again. It's going to be like minus three later tonight. So we'll probably have another flood. Because we've had two fl- Well, we've had a leak in this house and we had a flood during the World Cup final, during the penalty shootout, the kitchen was flooding and something's probably going to happen again. So, fuming. But um, yeah, I know, right? Exclusive early Tomo. You don't you don't get this very often, you know? But um, you know what? I thought I'd treat you today. Thank you all for coming. Good good, uh, well, good Monday to you all, isn't it? It's, 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 it is the Monday. The day after the first Grand Prix of 2023. Hello, Dime. Good shout out. Dime, check out Dime's YouTube channel. Dime's top tier. Um... Chiopaz, Hermanth, Amy, Fabio, Pankin, Formula 101, Ryan, Ryan, two Ryans, George, Marcel, Will, Bastian, Tommy, Shanky, Sam, RLG, Jozo, Toby, Mark, Rick, Kanchan, Julian, Sam, Ethan, Jaron, Razan, Drive and Desire, NJ, and everyone else who's watching this after the fact, or if you're listening in your ears, I'm actually... For once, I actually remembered to record this in OBS as well, so then I can upload the MP3 audio only to the Tomo uh, Tomo's Race Chimwag audio channels straight after. So if you like podcasts, if you don't want to listen to this one live, if you can't be asked to look at me, then try that. All right, give that one a go. Um, this one's not sponsored by Squarespace ever. Yeah, maybe one day. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. let's talk about round one, Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, first of all, I want to get a race rating out there. What are we saying out of 10? Thank you. I'm glad you like the hat, not me. Um, what are we saying race rating out of 10 for this Grand Prix? Um, five being bang average. So five being not not good, not bad. Slap bang in the middle. 10 being an absolute weldy. And one being an absolute shocker. Uh, there was a lot of sevens. Some sixes. I'm seeing fives and eight. Okay, I'm going to try... What I'm going to do... So, race rating out of 10. I'm going to do a poll based off the numbers I'm seeing most. Uh, so, race rating out of 10. So, we're going to go with... Uh, I think we'll do eight or more. Uh, we'll do seven. We'll do six. I would do five or less. YouTube, please add more options on your polls, please. Um, there we go. Ten options. I reckon up to ten. That would be great if you could. YouTube could incorporate that. Also, YouTube needs to start um, doing something about these Telegram spams. If you've seen a channel or channels claiming to be me offering you some prize on telegram is nonsense it's it's just scam i've told youtube multiple times i've reported the accounts multiple times and nothing's happening so cheers youtube appreciate it thanks really helpful um you will only hear from me from my official accounts okay if you're gonna ever hear from me um 
but yeah, what we're saying, right? What, what we what are we looking at? Four hundred seventy six of you have voted, and forty five percent of you have gone for a seven out of ten. Fifteen uh, percent eight or more. Thirty percent six, and ten percent five or less. Yeah, it does very much depend, as Harry says, um, whether you're a McLaren fan or whether you're a Fernando Alonso slash Aston Martin fan. As I just spit all over my laptop, lovely. Because um, the thing is, right? Yeah, there's a reluctance. Especially, I, I think it's a very British thing, right? To, to call something that's average a seven. No, no, average is five. Average, that's bang in the middle. Seven's like a good race, okay? Um, so I think, yeah, it does somewhat depend on where your allegiances lie, which is fair enough. Uh, so you're going for a seven by the looks of it. You know, just like the average is maybe it's maybe just below some somewhere between a seven and a six because forty five forty six now percent of you have gone for seven. For me, it's a six. Um, it was one of those races that you know we didn't get a scrap at the front. Um, we were there wasn't that much in terms of obviously a child pulling over, uh, which we'll get into, but there wasn't that in in terms of kind of stress and anxiety around you know things changing up safety cars you know maddening up strategies i know it did help some teams more than others but i th i think a six is fair I, I think it gets to be honest like as a race as a whole if you took the names away if you took the names of all the drivers away and just looked at it as a race i think it's a five but because of the story of alonso moving through the field also, Gasly moving through the field from P20 to P9 as well. Um, that story of of Alonso, if, if that was Max Verstappen driving through the field, um, or if that was, I don't know, another more, if that, was a, if that was a Mercedes doing what Alonso did, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as exciting, let's be honest, because it's the story of Aston Martin. It's the story of Alonso. It's the story of, you know, was it all gas? Was it all hot air? Because um, teams have turned up to testing before and not delivered in the races yet, and I watched um, Ted's notebook and he was saying that you know it went exactly as tested kind of suggests testing suggested. Rebels at the front, Alonso following up behind, and uh, yeah, that's how it ended. What a podium that is as well, though. To be fair, that is a that is a vibe. Look at Checo's face as well. You can zoom in. You can just look closely at the screen. He's proper like going for it um, in that picture that I've selected. But uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think it's a six because of the story. I think if you take that story away, it's probably a five, to be honest. Um, wasn't an absolute worldie. As Bahrain goes, you know, it, it was good. But you're right. There were some good overtakes by Fernando. You can't, you can't doubt that. You can't question that. But also, yeah, when you don't have a fight at the front and... There's an outside of Alonso and, and Gasly moving through the field. There wasn't a huge amount going on. Obviously, I was on tenor hooks watching uh, Alex Albon get into the points and then stay in the what point, thanks to Charles retiring, that is. That would have been very frustrating if he'd finished P11. Um, but yeah, that's where I sit. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I think six is generous. Then a lot of you gone seven. So um, there we go. There we go. Also, like the stream while you're here. Now that a few of you are here, like the stream, please. Please. Thank you. Thank you, please. Um, cool. Okay, right. So let's take a look at the race results, shall we? Bosch, lovely jubbly. Max Verstappen wins. 
ahead of Sergio Paris, Fernando Alonso, Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Carl, uh, Carlos Stroll. Who's Carlos Stroll? Also, should I do... Because um, I, I don't know if you've seen, WTF1 did their first uh, IBR since uh, Silly Season. And Matt and Tommy did their first post-race. But neither did a race rundown. So I'm going to do a race rundown. Uh, should, should I should I steal race rundown from both of them now? Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, Science, Hamilton, Stroll, Russell, Bottas, Gasly, Albon, Sonoda, Sergeant, Magnussen, De Vries, Hulkenberg, Joe, Norris, Socon, Leclerc, Piastri. That was oh, kind of bold. Sonoda a little bit. <laughs> no, don't steal. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I just, I just did it that one time. To be fair, I, I kind of. When I do, when I, if you're watching my quality live stream, I ended up doing a rundown a bunch of times, you know. I was pretty good. So I, I bottled it on Sonoda a little bit there. Yeah. I'll take it. What well, a few of you might not know, I, I used to actually, uh, back in the early COVID days, I used to freelance for WTF1 and I would go to Matt's and we'd film IBR after the race and I would be the one cutting and sometimes Matt, Sometimes you had an absolute shocker, mate, I'll be honest. But um, sometimes you nailed it first time, but not very often. Anyway, race results. Um, we take from this. I'm not surprised the Ferraris, well, at least the fact that Alonso caught and passed science was quite interesting. You know, Leclerc was always going to stay ahead of Alonso, I think, um, if he hadn't have broken, broken down. But... I think that Ferrari race... Oh, look, obviously, it's particularly hard on the tyres at Bahrain. So if you're not confident in your uh, tyre management abilities um, with your car, then you're going to come up short, and that's, I think, why. I, I don't expect the Astons to be quicker than the Ferraris for most of this. I still think that... I I don't know. It's 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 hard to like write Ferrari off, but then Aston Martin have just been so impressive. You got to wonder that yeah, what could be. You know, could they really mount a P two? Because this I, doesn't look like Red Bull are touchable this year. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they retired Ocon in the end. Just couldn't be asked with his stupid um, penalties. You know. How many, um, question, how many penalty points did Ocon get? Did he get Eddie or did he get loads? Because I know he got lots of penalties in race, but in terms of penalty points, I haven't actually checked. Did he get any? Um, but yeah, no no real surprises up front. I mean, fair play Lance also um, out. Um, like passing Russell with all the context around Stroll as well. Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, Boris Gasly, Albon, Sonoda. Like the thing is that, that you've got Alfa Romeo, Alpine, Williams, Alfa Tauri in consecutive positions. Hulkenberg damaged front wing early doors, kind of ruined his race. You know, it's it's and I think Lando's pace was promising before you know he started having the issues. So I I do think this leads to thinking it's almost like we still <laughs> the midfield. It feels like the midfield has become. Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin. That is now the new midfield. And then you've got Red Bull on their own at the front. And then you've got everything, everyone else. You know? Because you have to... To say midfield, it implies there's a section in front and a section behind. You know? So the, in, Red Bull are kind of on their own at the minute, seemingly. 
and then you've got everyone else in that kind of bottom end. Um, no penalty points. Yeah, Oko got so many <laughs> time penalties. Yeah, no penalty points. Mad. Mad, mad, mad. Um, we'll get more into that anyway. Up the album. What can I say? Uh, right, so let's have a look at the driver standings. Obviously, first race is what it is. Um, good points on the board. This isn't too interesting, but if we look at constructors, that's where it is a bit more interesting. So a great start for, for Aston Martin, of course. Lance still picking up um, eight points while he was at it as well. So shout out, Lance. And... Oh, no. Oh, wait, no. Oh, no, no, sorry. I, I just realised I've I've not changed. Scuderia Aftari, I've got in red for some reason. I forgot to change that. Damn it. Never mind. I always make one. I always do, leave one thing out in the graphics. There's always something. There's always something with me. It's not very good. Like if you want to get me on as a design, I'm always gonna. I'm always gonna mess one thing up. I'm always gonna one thing up. There we go. I've got my bleep button. Um. Never mind. Never. Never mind. Um. Cool. Okay. So let's take um a look at winners and losers. Winners and losers back again for this year. Um, winners and losers from each race. Going to do them, talk about them in these streams. And I'm going to give mine. I've also asked for yours. We got almost 4,000 votes. Put the poll out last night for your best drive, worst drive, best team, worst team. It's a bit more clear wording it like that than driver L or whatever. So, so which driver did the best, which team did the best, which... Drive did the worst, which team did the worst. And thank you, Luisma, for the five euros, by the way. Ocon is a driver of your likes, but never comment about he crawled. Oh, Ocon is driver you like, but you know about how he crawled. Wait, you... oh, I like, you mean I like Ocon, but I've never commented about how he quarrels with most of his teammates. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned a number of times that Ocon isn't a great teammate. I'm pretty sure I, there's receipts for me having mentioned that many a time. So, you know, I'm pretty sure I'll put that out there. I'm pretty, as much as I love Esteban Ocon, I'm a big fan. I haven't exactly, you know, played it down. I don't think so anyway. Um, but there you go. Uh, right. Okay, cool. Let's have a look. Uh, winners and losers time. Starting with mine. Because I am more important than you. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Ha ha. Funny. Um, <coughs> and then we'll look at yours. Okay. So my winners and losers. And you might be surprised by maybe one of these. Because it's a driver I've been. I've been gassing up a lot. I'll be honest. And I was very disappointed with him yesterday. For me. Best drive. Fernando Alonso. Best team. Red Bull. Worst team. McLaren. No surprises there. But I've gone worst drive. I have gone Joe. I've gone Joe. Now, yes, Ocon had a stinker. Yes, he had a stinker, right? So incorrect grid slot, very fine margins. And then it was just a, you know, sped in the pit lane. The team, did the team like hold him for too long or something? Or not long enough or something? Man, yes, he got fastest lap, but that was sticking softs on at the end just to take the, take it off Gasly. So, I, I mean, I don't think that... Does, what does that count for, really? Like... And he finished P16, whereas Bottas finished P8. 
and he didn't really have any issues as far as I'm aware. That's the thing. Hulkenberg broken front wing. So fair enough, he fell through the field. De Vries, like, I mean, he was a couple of positions behind Sonoda. Joe Pitt finished P16, Bottas finished P8, and he didn't have any issues. And it, yeah, exactly. The fastest lap points only awarded if you finish in the top 10. Gasly was P9. So Joe pitted to then go for that. But that's the thing. He was like, he 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 was, he, he was off. He, he was off Valtteri. I was disappointed. I was disappointed. So, um, well, where, well, where was he? He was, what, P13, I think? Before uh, before he pitted for fastest lap. So, look. All right, P12. But he's still like, well, that's four places off of Bottas. They started ahead. He had a shocking start. And he didn't have any issues, you know? He didn't have any issues. With Ocon, it was a, it was a self... It was, it was a process of he made a mistake and then he made another mistake and then the team made mistakes and it was... A self sabot No, Joe didn't have a good race. I'm sorry, I, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't have a good race. He, he had a bit of a stinky stink race. But next time, Joe. To be because to be fair, I actually in my predictions. Hang on, let me let me let me grab the graphic. In my predictions, I um. Let's have a look. Oh, thank you, uh, Lucas, for gifting a membership. Appreciate that. Where did I put? Yeah, I put in my predictions. Yeah, I put. <laughs> it's a bit. Th this is the real L. Th this is the real L. Because in my predictions, I actually put Joe's best drive and Stroll was worst drive. Now that was an L. I'll take that one. Um, look, Ocon's in my honourable mentions. De Vries, I've put in there. Not great. Um, Hulkenberg. You know. Not great. I mean, front wing damage though, so it's hard to put too much on that on him. But I'm not saying Ocon had a good race. He's there. Look, it's OCO. He's there. I'm just saying. Joe had a stinker compared to Bias. So that's the way I see it. You know. Um, what else? What else we got? Yeah, Red Bull, McLaren, standard. Um, yeah, let's move on. Let's let's move on because every, everyone's angry with me. Well, look, I'll, I'll just call it as I see it. Um, yeah, De Vries, they left him out, didn't they? That uh, well, he was to him to hold up Joe, wasn't it? To let Sonoda pass. Um, but yeah, stinky from Joe, stinky from Ocon for sure. But I'm but I'm 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 going Joe. I'm 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 sticking to my guns. All right, I'm sticking to me guns. <laughs> let's boycott that's it cancel me delete me end me end my career as for yours um, you've of course gone Ocon worst drive funnily enough um, otherwise all pretty much the same I'm kind of surprised Norris got 4% of the vote not that Lando had much to do with the car finishing where it did but it's very hard for him to really showcase anything Yes, he was keeping up with that scrap, but also he was on different, like on fresh rubber, like all the time, pretty much. Um, I don't know. 
Maybe it's a sympathy vote, I think, more than anything. Uh, worst drive, yeah, De Vries, Hulkenberg, Magnussen. Again, you know, Magnussen, hard for him to to make too much of an, an impact on this race. Uh, the Haas just didn't seem to have the pace and obviously qualifying really set him back. And then Hulkenberg had that damage, which he said when he got... He didn't even realise, that was quite interesting. Hulkenberg didn't even realise he had that damage. Uh, but he was just like, I'm just going through tyres here. And they were like, oh, yeah, you've got no front wing end plate. And he was like, oh, damn. Um, best team, got Alpine 4%, Williams 3% of the vote, fair play. Um, and then worst team, 85%, McLaren, no surprises there. No surprises there. Right. Also, before we get into the team breakdown, should we have a look at my fantasy league? Fantasy League, so to be fair, as much as, you know, Joe had a stinker, as far as I'm concerned, he did get fastest lap, so that gave me eight points in Fantasy League, but Charles minus 11, Nico Orkenberg minus one, um, at least Max and Fernando came through for me, as did Aston Martin and Red Bull Racing, um, yeah, not not the uh, not the best day in the fantasy league office. What what, what did you lot get points wise? Um, let me know. Uh, Two forty two, which isn't great. I think I'm in the top half of my league. I think I'm about in the middle. I'm pretty slap bang in the middle. So you can still join the league if you want to. The league codes there. It's also should be. Is it linked in the description? Yes, it is. It's linked in the description as well. And there is the league code. So um, check out either or if you, uh, if you if you want to get involved in the Fantasy League and, and put your will knowledge to the test against me. Um, yeah, I think Sergeant's, Sergeant could be a good shout. I, I think there's going to be, now that we've seen this first race, I think there's going to be some interesting... Because the cars that, you know, Saudi and Bahrain are very different tracks as well. So it's kind of important not to over overcorrect you know what I mean no I didn't put Albon in you no I know I know I know Xavier I know shock it would it would it would jinx Alex I'm sure okay I'm very guilty of that I'm kind of uh I'm kind of considering you know because I feel like Mercedes is going to be better in Saudi I don't know I've just got I've just got got a feeling they'll suit that track better so maybe i don't know you got, i think there's two free transfers that you get before it starts eating into your cost cap so there's my team anyway thank you anthony for the 499 still waiting for a pink t-shirt or a new pin glad to see your videos grow so much in the last few years thank you anthony appreciate that well maybe not the latter but maybe the prior we'll see we will see right let's talk about the teams then shall we Let's talk team by team, starting with Will I Am's. Shout out Williams. Come on. Up the Williams. Yes. Happy days. Williams, come on. Come on, Alex. Come on, Logan. Mate, I'm gassed. I'm very happy. I'm very happy as a Williams fan. I am a Williams fan because I'm a big Alex Albon fan. And I'm a Logan Sargent fan. He's the driver I was pulling for in for, I was pulling for in F2 last year. So I am a happy Formula One YouTuber. What can I say? I'm chuffed with it. Um 
yeah, good drive from Alex. Good drive from again. This, I was honestly, I was more impressed with Logan. Like Alex didn't do anything wrong, but neither did Logan. Like for him to finish two places behind Alex, um, you know, he was following him, keeping on pace with him for most of the race. It felt like anyway. I haven't really looked at the the breakdown of times, but for Logan to, to be as close to Alex, you know, he's already passed the am I. He's already passed the was it a Latifi problem test, you know. Yes, it was clearly uh, because Logan's jumped in straight away and put a really good account of himself in, and it shouldn't come as a surprise. Again, like I felt like I had a bit more understanding of of Logan because I followed his junior career extra close since the end of 2020. Because I remember watching the end of 2020 and seeing the Mugello finale with Piastri and Porsche and Sargent. And Sargent was, you know, right at the sharp end with those two going into it and thinking, okay, I might take an interest in this kid. And then obviously, you know, had to do another year in F3 at Chiru's and then eventually got the rookie slot in F2. And yeah, I, I, I think that Logan's the real deal. He's not just, a, oh, we're going to get a driver because he's American. Obviously, it's a benefit. I'm pretty sure Stevens, that sponsor on there, I'm pretty sure they're a US-based sponsor who have likely come in through Logan. But look, if, if that team can start performing at the front, you know, performing towards the front is going to do more, I think, in terms of bringing in US sponsors than having an American driver. They kind of work hand in hand. But I think having an American driver but still be at the back would, wouldn't really make much of a difference. But... Listen, it's good. I mean, I mean, where are we saying Williams are, you know, in terms of quality of car, quality of car pace, you know, for Sargent to go exactly the same time as Lando in qualifying um, and go quicker than Piastri, Albon to, you know, could have maybe knocked on the door for Q3 if he hadn't have had the front wing issue in Q2. You've got to think like right now, are they looking quicker than the McLaren? Based off of this first race right now, I think they are quicker than the McLaren. I think the McLaren upgrades, when they eventually come, might change that. But, you know, for for Williams to start the season like this, and, and, and also, you know what, I think credit to Yoscopito and, and FX, as much as they're gone out the door, this was their car. Um, you know, James Vowles has had very little say in this car. Yes, obviously, they haven't made the jump up that, up, jump up that Aston Martin have. And that makes Williams moving from the back to maybe seventh or into the midfield not look quite as impressive. But I think Aston Martin have been exceptional. Like, not very, very, very few teams do that. Um, go from the bottom end, especially the second season of the new regulations as well. In the first season, it happens, you know. Honda turned into Braun, first season of new regs. Boom, nailed it. Everyone else caught up. But to to have that jump in the second season of new regulations, I think is even more impressive. But anyway, Albon would have been P10 in qualifying if it wasn't for his... Eh, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's impossible to say for sure. But at the end of the day, closed it out. Race pace wasn't amazing. Obviously, Gasly got past, but then... Gah, we're going to talk about Alpine because uh, there's still a lot of questions around Alpine. Still got a lot of questions around Alpine. Um... Aston Rory 4-5, I'd, I'd disagree, Karan. They scored fewer points in the second half of the season than Alpine and McLaren by a significant mar margin. So I would say they were comfortably um, sixth fastest. I wouldn't say 4-5. Um, they, they could fight, but they won't, you know, maybe. 
It's, it's, all, it's fine margins, isn't it? It's very fine margins. Cheers, Will. Glad you like the app, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I think the way that Gasly moved through the field and, and overtook Alex as well as everyone else, you know, that it started, you know, he what, made up 11 places to Pierre. So he did a great job. But anyway, we're talking about Williams. Um, yeah, good momentum. I think they can be very happy. Um, got points, a point on their uh, first race of the season. Good momentum. I'm sure that's given everyone a bit of a, you know, a, a, a rise at Williams. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for Williams and I'm happy for Alex. And I'm happy for Logan because it seems like they might be in a half decent place. Yes, we have looked at fantasy. I'll I'll just briefly show you before we talk about the next team. That's my team, 242. Could have been better. Could have been worse. Could have been better. Uh, okay, cool. Next team, AlphaTauri. Over-delivered for me. Like Yuki Tsunoda was right on Alex's chuff for the end of that race, right? Right behind him. And for an AlphaTauri to be on the cusp of points, I was impressed. Yes, obviously, you know, would Piastri have finished ahead of Sonoda if he didn't break down? Would Sonoda, would Norris have finished ahead of Sonoda if he didn't have the issues he had? Obviously, Leclerc would have if he didn't break down. Ocon probably would have as well. That helps it look a bit better than maybe it was. But at the end of the day, gap to teammate, I think he did a you know much better job than De Vries in qualifying at least. And and in the race, yes, De Vries got a bit a bit cucked on strategy, <laughs> to be honest. You know, everyone else is on soft tires, is in he sat there on old hards. Not ideal. Um but yeah, good start for Yuki. And he needs this momentum because he needs to consolidate. We know Nick DeVries is a is a in terms of mentality, I I, I back Nick DeVries. I think DeVries has is, is got a very strong mental game. Um question is can Yuki stand up and, and take that step up and, and become that team leader that, you know, already Helmut Marco said he doesn't believe that Yuki will take that role. So can Yuki prove him wrong? Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, Yuki needs to step up this year whether it's going to consolidate his position at that team or give him, a, give him an opportunity somewhere else are they both on one year contracts I believe so Margot I think I think I think that's the case um, but yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see if Yuki can do it this year I've got faith I've got belief and yeah De Vries you know kept it clean didn't have a particularly impressive race Um but I, I do have slightly higher expectations of him because of, you know, he's a rookie, but he's not a rookie rookie. You know what I mean? He's, he's not. He knows how to race wheel to wheel against some of the, you know, I know people like to, I, I, I know I've had my fair, sh uh, my fair share of say about Formula E because I, I, I prefer it now. I'm still not a massive fan. Um, but the quality of calibre of drivers in Formula E can't be, you know, is nothing to turn your nose up at. That, that's for sure. I, I, I would never say that the driving standards are low in that series at all. And for him to win in that series is for sure impressive. But can he do it in F1? Time will tell. Time will tell. Next. Haas. See, right. A lot of... <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the... Um, I saw someone uh, this the whole uh, Nico Hulkenberg apology meme that, and I shared it on Twitter after Saturday, and then obviously after yesterday, everyone was like, "Oh look at 
what what a terrible take. He uh, he was terrible. Well, I'm sorry. He, he literally he had damaged lap one. He had no front wing end plate, so he was just munching through his tires. Like, what, what what? He didn't even realise he had front wing. Like it was just munching his tires. So look. It, it it was harsh. It was it was very harsh. I thought on on Nico that slight tiny bit of contact with Ocon, and that was his race kind of ruined and and all that hard work he put in in Q to get to car to Q three. Remember, um, it was a shame. It was a shame. And when they did eventually change his front wing, he was like, oh yeah, the car feels great now. Shame they should have done that earlier. That, that to be fair, that I I feel like I don't know. My understanding is that the team told Nico he had damaged the front wing and it, there was a decision made for him to, it wasn't worth him coming in for a new front wing and the time that would add. But I think that probably was because then he ended up eating through tyres, you know. Um, yeah, Magnussen just had no no impact on this race whatsoever. Didn't even see him. Um, so yeah, not, not great for K-Mag. Not great. Um, but look, I, again, I do think I don't think Hassa out at sea on their own. I, I think if they have a clean weekend, they can definitely get points. I, I don't see too many reasons to not believe that. So I, I've still got faith that Hassa going to be good at the start of this year. But also with Hulkenberg qualifying as high as he did, they certainly missed an opportunity. I'll tell you what, from this angle, that really does look like a Ferrari, doesn't it? Those side pods are very Ferrari-esque from this angle. But anyway. Yeah, I think yeah, race pace wasn't great, but it wasn't like I just think it's close enough between those bottom kind of five teams, six teams really, you know, in the bottom half of the grid, they're so close that I think on any given weekend, depending on you know track optimization, because again, Bahrain's very different to Saudi, which is very different to Imola, which is very different to Monza, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Also, yeah, he did almost get the meatball flag. Ocon almost got the meatball flag as well, didn't he? Because yeah, Ocon, I forgot that Ocon broke front wing end plate to add to his uh, long list of shenanigans uh, yesterday. Right, Aston Martin. <laughs> got come into Aston Martin because I've done done these in reverse championship order from last season. But Aston Martin, man, mad, mad. Well, first of all, Lance. Um, you know, very valid questions beforehand as to whether he should be racing um, because of the injuries he's got. You know, it's one of them that he finished the race, he finished in a great position and it's all like, oh yeah, of course he should have raced. You know, it takes an incident to happen. I mean, he had to do a massive correction on lap one, which he said afterwards did hurt a lot. Um, you know, it's one of them, isn't it? it? At the end of the day, Stroll did a great job. You can't argue with that. He he pushed through and for him to, you know, with so little testing, to be, you know, fairly close to um, bloody old Luca. Thank you very much for gifting the memberships left, right and centre. Appreciate it. Didn't even, I've only started doing that recently on on YouTube. So thank you very much, Luca. Um, yeah, it's... Got ahead of Russell. Um, look, honestly, I, I don't think you could have asked much more from, from Lance in this race. And I think it's really promising that, you know, with the amount of experience he's got, 
he should be able to there's always been talk and I've yeah I've talked about it I'm not like that is Lance going to be the the weak link at that team and based off what we saw yesterday I think the answer is no you're always going to have this dynamic of a one-two driver when you've got a Fernando Alonso because it takes someone with Herculean skill to go toe-to-toe with Fernando. But, like, I think Stroll's close enough from what we've seen. He he will... This is the... I saw someone say this on Twitter and I was like, you're so right. It's like, he will have, like, two, maybe three really strong races and then he will just make a really high-profile mistake. And he just needs to iron out those mistakes, use his mirrors a bit more, you know, good spatial awareness, and then boom. Because you're right, Cone. Like, it, it it's great. And it was meant to be. So much of this was meant to be, right? Because, you know, Fernando, you know, moving through the field and clo- what had contact with science, um, great scrap with Lewis to get into the, get onto the podium. But Stroll went into the back of Alonso on lap one. Like, hard as well. And and there's you replay that incident a hundred times over with slight variation, a few millimetres to the left, a few millimetres to the right on both sides of the cars. And there's a puncture for Fernando. There's a damaged front wing for Lance. There's both. Um, you know, that race for both cars could have quite easily ended there. And that was just like, oh my goodness, like, come on, Lance, man. You can't be like yeeting into your teammate up the inside. And look, I get it. Like Fernando was going for the cutback. Stroll was going for the move up the inside and he's kind of outbraked himself. But it's like, I mean, he could have broken earlier. Like that's what the, like, I get it. In, in hindsight, nothing happens and it's fine. But it's one of them that it's those little things that Lance does have a seem to have a tendency to get involved in these kind of situations, you know? That's all I'm saying. And it was very lucky. And it was because Fernando was like, who was that? And I don't think the team told him until like after the race because he said he thought it was Russell. Because <laughs> I guess Russell's got a bit of a habit of doing that as well. Harpooning. Carlos Sainz in Austin, for example. Um, yeah, look, it was meant to be. It was it was honestly meant to be yesterday. And uh, as much as, you know, Fernando didn't have a great start, actually, to be fair to him. And, oh, yeah, I mean, it was racing incident because, yeah, I mean, f- fine. It would have been, imagine if Lance had got a penalty for bonking into his teammate. That would have been very poor. Um did he ask the team three times? Wow. And the team was just like, we're not telling you, um, Fernando. <laughs> we're not grassing up. We're not grassing up, Lance. We're not doing it. Um, but yeah, look, we, we, I hope that... Because you know what? Lance is one of them drivers that, you know, when I first started, you know, when I first started seeing him on track and start getting involved, I, I did. I just didn't really have an opinion of him, like, like in terms of a, in terms of his character, and I certainly didn't believe in him in terms of his performances. I thought Sorokin outperformed him in his first season in F one. I thought he's been consistently beaten by teammates. Um, I mean, you look at how convincingly Checo outperformed him, in my opinion, during their time together, and now you know how 
Verstappen, a driver like Verstappen's just that other step up from from Checo. Um, it, it's kind of it didn't bode well. But one thing Lance is always going to get his time. He's what twenty four, I think. He's going to get that time. He's going to get that time to develop. We could easily see another ten years of Lance Stroll in Formula One, and you know. I think you you have to acknowledge that he has improved a lot in that time, and has he, you know, did was he was he this worldy in junior formulas? I mean, he did have good results in junior formulas, although there's certain questions around the legality of his engines in those junior formulas. But anyway, ask Josh Revol. Um <laughs> But no, I, th- I think as things are right now, like that delta to, to Fernando, and and Fernando's doing a great job on the LP. Oh, Lance is my hero. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, no, Lance held it, held up his end of the bargain, which is good to see because I I like all these drivers and I want to see him do well. And it's nice, you know, if if Lance can overcome these um, pay driver labels and actually put performances in on track, then I'm more than happy to see that. Honestly, I am. Um, and yeah, as for Fernando, I mean, everything just, everything that was out of his control, like Lance crashing into him, um went right and everything that was in in his control he executed perfectly like unreal wheel-to-wheel racing with with lewis first and foremost that move down the inside Whoa, I tell you what someone said it in live chat earlier that is definitely a an early candidate for overtake of the season uh that little cutback just you know sent lewis the other way little love it it was very good um and yeah and getting the job done on science as well that was that looked a bit hairy a bit sketchy at times because Carlos was really struggling on his tires he still managed to hold off Lewis once Fernando did get through but yeah I mean if Fernando it would have been interesting to see if Fernando had had a better start how he would have you know what his pace would have been relative to the Red Bulls right because again it's looking like the Red Bulls have checked out a little bit in terms of their performances, like top tier. So it would have been interesting to see. I hope we get to see that more, what the actual delta is between us. Because obviously, Fernando was fighting through the field. So, you know, he was 25 seconds behind Max at the end. Also, Red Bull, I'm sure they turned down their engines um, because why wouldn't they? They're going to try and save as much wear on those engines when they can. Um, Yeah, so I, I think that I think they're in a great place. And again, it wasn't all gas. It wasn't all gas. I, I was concerned that, you know, they were going to turn up and they were going to be about, you know, Alpine level. Not in a, an, an amazing place, but they've actually done it. Aston Martin have actually done it. So credit to him. Credit to Dan Fallows as well, right? But not just Dan Fallows. You've got, what, Luca Fabato, who moved over from, I think it was Alfa Romeo. Um, the, the, obviously, you've got Whitmarsh, who's come in. It was obviously ex-McLaren. They've brought in a lot of what De La Rosa's in as well. Van Dorn's as a reserve. Brought a lot of the old the old band back together from the uh, McLaren glory days. Eric Blandin, yes, good shout. Yeah, I, I think, you know, all these components and, and taking these strengths from other teams, it, it seems to be... And they don't even have their new facility yet. That's the thing, that's mad. Like they're not even moving into their new facility until like middle of this year, I think. I think it was meant to be the start of this year, but obviously I think there's there's always delays. Um, but I think it's middle of this year they're moving in, and then their wind tunnel won't be ready for like another six months a year, I think. So yeah, look, there's there's potential um, seeping out of the 
seeping out of the woodwork here. There's a lot of potential Aston Martin. It's exciting. It's exciting. That's the thing. If that top three can become a top four, which it looks like it has become a top four, although maybe it's a top one and then the rest, the other three, and then everyone else, that actually seems more likely maybe. But I'm all, I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. Right, Alfa Romeo. Yeah, I mean, great start to the season last year from Valtteri Bottas was picking up points consistently at the start of the year. Obviously, with the Aston Martin gains, that's going to make, you know, now you've got four teams that you would expect to consistently be in the top 10 outside of DNFs that only leaves two more positions to win points. This is what I, th I think, like, the, the battle for, you know, between P10 and P5 in the constructors... I don't think there's going to be much in it. Okay, Tedalite, I think Alpine will be quite comfortably ahead of the rest, actually. We didn't really, again, we didn't see the full Alpine story, but I think Alfa Romeo are one of those teams who are towards the top and will capitalise, and Valtteri did so. Had a pretty perfect race, really. Uh, so I didn't really see Bottas. I didn't mention Bottas, actually, in my, um, in my drives of the weekend, but... What did he do wrong? He, he gained position. Um, yeah, obviously, yes, Leclerc, Ocon broke down in front of him, but I couldn't have done much more, Valtteri. Another really strong start to the year. I think Joe Adestinka, all right? I know, I know that's not the most popular opinion, but at the end of the day, it, it's it's looking okay. It, it's looking like a a step in a... Positive direction based off what happened at the end of last year. So, yeah, I, I think that with Seidel coming in as well, that Audi money, that team becomes a lot more appealing as well. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, because Bottas got the, we did the undercut, didn't he, on Alonso and Russell, I think it was. Um, yeah, so, look, Bottas is that driver that I, I think, you know, the team can rely on him to extract towards the top end of that car most of the times. I think Joe can be that driver. I was just, you know, disappointed with him this weekend. I think you can already put a check mark on most improved team prediction. Yeah, I mean, that's no kind of... I'm not going to pat myself on the back for that one, though, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, not much more to say. Well done, Bottas. Four points on the board. Um, very handy. Very handy indeed. Right, McLaren. Oh, God. Right, any McLaren fans in the chats? Um, where are you? And again, you might want to revert your gaze. You might want to, you know, mute the stream for a bit until the uh, next team graphic pops up because it's not good, is it? Now, look, the one kind of bit of hope I think is hold on to at this stage. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of you here, cool. Uh, <laughs> is that this time last year, they had a very, very bad test, brake issues, finished poorly in the race, both cars well out of the points. Um, yet, what, three races later in Imola, three, four races, whatever it is, uh, Lando got on the podium. So fundamentally, they had a good car. It's just they had some issues at the start, you know, rolled on from testing that inhibited their ability to perform in Bahrain, which is interesting because actually Bahrain's kind of like... Bahrain's a bit of a home race for McLaren, isn't it? Because isn't a lot of the McLaren investment from Bahrain, as far as I understand, anyway. Or I'm, I'm sure it, I'm, I'm sure McLaren call this as like their 
their kind of second home race after Silverstone. And thank you, Braxton, by the way. Appreciate it for the ten dollars. Um, yeah, yeah, it kind of is. So you know, that's not obviously not ideal because they've had two really bad Bahrain Grand Prix in a row. Um, have McLaren, but that's the one kind of morsel to hold on to. And you do have two drivers there in Lando, um, and I think Oscar was having a having a pretty decent race. Like he he was making progress through the field. It seemed. Who knows where he would have finished in the end, but. I don't necessarily think he would have got points. He might have been able to get Albon, maybe to sneak a P10, and but then Norris would have probably got up there. So I don't think Oscar would have necessarily got points, but from what I saw, he was doing a pretty decent job. Um, so you've got great drivers. This happened last year, and there's upgrades kind of imminent coming in, in, in Baku by the looks of it. You know, that's the stuff to hold on to. But... The, the the problem is right last year again they had a very good car by Imola that they could get on the podium they were at the top you know fighting towards the top end of the midfield with Lando this season where Aston Martin have jumped up significantly clearly have a better car than McLaren that is there's nothing to it's it's not arguable you know Aston Martin have the better package you've got Williams improving Williams were quicker this race than McLaren seemingly. Um, you've got, I think, Alfa Romeo improving. Alpine, I think. You look at how Gasly came through the pack. I think there's a big improvement there for Alpine. And it's all relative in F1. So it's like, if all these other teams are improving and McLaren is somewhat stagnating, then they could lose out big time. And Lando does help. Having him, particularly, and if Oscar can deliver on his potential, having those two drivers will certainly help McLaren's cause. But... They can't do it all themselves. You you need a good car underneath you. And I just I'm just I'm concerned. Thank you, Potter's House, by the way, for the 70 rupees. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thank you, Nathan, for the 10 Aussie. As an Aussie stand up to 1 a.m. to witness a super talent Australian Australian driver struggle in a bright orange F1 car. Nothing hurts me anymore. Love your videos, Tommy. Much love from Adelaide. Pick up Adelaide. Would love to go to Adelaide. I'm going to do Perth, Adelaide next time we go to Australia. Maybe next year. That's the that's that's what I'm thinking. Daniel got the bag and watched McLaren implode. <sighs> Look, it's... What can I say? It's disappointing, isn't it? To see a team that in 2020 was ahead of Ferrari, has this amazing facility. I know there were financial issues at the team and that's obviously not helped... Um, they had to sell the MTC. They now rent it out, I believe, and they had to rely on again. It was it was, you know, money coming from Bahrain in in, in some way, shape, or form that that helped support and save that team, really. And uh, it's 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 not good enough. Like it's not. You look at the trajectory of Ferrari. You look at the trajectory of of Aston Martin, you look at the trajectory of even like Alpine seem to, you know, be moving in a more positive direction. And combined with Seidel leaving, you know, how much of this is on Seidel? Maybe some of it is on Seidel. I've always been very complimentary of Seidel, but, you know, he took the reins in what, 2020, 2019, I think. And the team has... 
you know, yes, I guess Ferrari's incompetence got McLaren that P3 in 2020, P4 in 2021, still very good. And that was obviously with Ricardo still struggling. Um, 2022, Alpine passed them, probably had the better car, but again, Ricardo was struggling. And then this year, it's just, there's more issues. There were more issues that started testing last year. There's more issues again. It's just like, how long can you keep making excuses? And sure, you've got, you know, some fancy Kindles built into the side of your car. But it's not good enough. Like, it, it really isn't. For a team like McLaren, with the facility, with the infrastructure, with the the history, yes, I know they've still not got their own wind tunnel, but they've been using, I think they've been using Toyotas in Cologne or something, I think, um, from what I've read. It's just like, come on, it's it's not it's not good enough. It's really not good enough, and and they need to improve quickly, um, because just having that name is not gonna, you know, it's not enough. Like Williams were were very successful and then struggled towards the back and are still trying to dig themselves out of that hole. McLaren haven't challenged really at the front for for a long time now. Um. There's just, there's too much. I, I I feel like from from everything I've heard, you hear a lot of things, you hear a lot of rumours, you hear a lot of speculation around these teams, all of them, and, and I haven't heard much good from McLaren. Um, can you substantiate these things? No, but when you hear so much from so many different people, it then starts to, you know, it's no smoke without fire, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like maybe there's some big change needed to that team. Because like, look, Zach Brown, he does the marketing. He he doesn't manage that. He he trusts. He hires a team principal to do that job. So I think Zach's holding up his end of the bargain. I think the only thing I would say is that maybe yeah, is it is it Zach? Obviously, Zach's in charge of of hiring the people that you delegate. The James Key, the obviously Andreas Stella now. That's that's his responsibility that you could argue he is failing. That is the part of his responsibility that he's arguably failing right now. So it's like, you know, does Andres, is, is Andreas Stella the right appointment? I'm not sure. But no, it's, it's, it's not good, is it? It's not good. And look, maybe it will come good by the end of the year. But again, Aston Martin have proven it can be done. It can be done. You, you can go from the back of the field in this cost cap regulation and, you know, Aston Martin improved over the course of the year, remember? It wasn't like they just, Aston Martin just threw away, oh, we're just going to chuck away the rest of 2022 and we're going to focus on our 2023 car. They got better as last season went on. And now they've taken even a bigger jump up, you know? It's mad. It took, look, and that's the thing, right? It's how much you, Zach is on top of that pyramid, right? He's, he's top, Top dog at McLaren. You know, he's not the one making engineering calls. He's not the one making strategy decisions, blah, blah, blah. But he is responsible for hiring the people who do. You could you say the same about Mattia Bonotto. You know, he was the one, much as he wasn't making the strategy calls, he was responsible for the team that did make the strategy calls. He was responsible for hiring them, making sure they're the right people to do the job. And... Yeah, again, it's it's when you see these other teams seem to kind of 
out deliver on McLaren and it's again you've got those drivers there and it's just like they're, they're they've got the talent it feels like they've got the talent in their cars but they don't have the cars and they're at risk of losing them big risk big risk of losing them but we'll see we'll see sorry McLaren fans but the, the 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 truth is what it is. You, you can't look past it. You just look at the result. Look at the numbers. It's not good. It's not good. But then Alpine, Alpine, Alpine. Ah, oh, I'm still. I've. I still don't know where Alpine are. I saw a graphic on Twitter.com that um, was. I think it was comparing race pace, and Gasly's race pace was very good. And again, like he started P20, stinky qualifying, got his lap deleted, would have gone out in Q1 anyway, I think. Ocon, obviously victim, um, a victim of his own down... No, that's not the term of saying, is it? He, he uh, orchestrated his own downfall f- from the start by not lining up properly in his grid box. Um, but obviously got into Q3 as well. I feel like Alpine, yeah... I think fifth fastest seems like quite a comfortable assertion to make. You know, they're definitely not. I can't say that they're definitely not 100% not up there with maybe on the tail end of Mercedes. I want to have a look at. um, I'm going to have a quick look at the qualifying deltas. Because I want to, I want to check. So Bahrain twenty three. Let's have a look. Qualifying uh, results. Let's get. I'll get the old screen share up, and we'll have a look. Because I just want to see how Ocon's times looked compared. So if I do screen share, and then I do this. There we go. Boom. Lovely. All right. Cool. Um, let's drag that over there. So these are the qualifying times from, sorry to audio only listeners, but I just want to look at Esteban Ocon here. So Ocon, oh yeah, he is a good half a second off of the Mercedes in Q3, about four tenths in Q2, about the same in Q1. But again, I, I think, yeah, Q3, that, that, that half a second there, and look, obviously, I, I do think part of that is because I do, I think Hamilton's a better driver than Ocon. Don't get me wrong. Um, so maybe that gap's a little bit less than that in reality. But yeah, I think it's it's about four attempts in qualifying, which it was a bit too much to call them part of that pack. Um, so yeah, I, I I think one of you said in chat, yeah, I think comfortably, comfortably fifth. I feel like they're going to be they're comfortably in that middle bit, which again for a constructor. You see Aston Martin? Aston Martin, jumping up like they have, has certainly shone a light on McLaren, on Alpine, as being like, well, this is what you lot have been chatting about for years. Like, we're going to be, we are we going to fight in a few years' time. It's always going to be, oh, am I gone? Hello? Am I back? There we go, we're back. I, tu- I, I touched my microphone, sorry. Uh, <laughs> thank you, my whole chat lights up. Audio. So that's quite loud. Um, we're back. <coughs> As I was saying, 
Aston Martin have shone a light on Alpine and McLaren's. I feel like incompetence could be a harsh word, but, and whether it's, you know, Aston Martin, you know, they, they, they have made a huge jump up here. But why aren't Alpine and McLaren doing that? They've they've had more resource for, for a, quite a significant number of years now. And they've always talked about, especially Alpine, have always talked about, oh, it's always going to, it's going to be next year. It's going to be next couple of years, whatever. And they've just not, never been able to really deliver on it. Now, again, be interesting to see, because I think at Saudi last year, they did pretty well. I, f- I feel like, I feel like they were pretty, I feel like they were pretty good in Saudi. So I just dropped my SD card. Um, but yeah, a lot, lot of lot of questions. Great drive from Gasly. Um, can't doubt that. But as a manufacturer team, they need to be doing better. And again, Aston Martin have shone a light on that. But yeah, great drive from Pierre. Um, stinker from Ocon. Again, made that one mistake at the start, which is a very silly rookie mistake that you can't be making. You've got three rookies on the grid. They didn't make that mistake. You're an established F1 driver. You could tell, it could, you, I think you could see he was trying to, I think he was trying to reverse it, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, that's just, that's that's foolishness for sure uh, from Esteban. But yeah, then obviously it was a, it was a, he, he then sped in the pit lane. Then I think the team touched the car too early and it was just like a, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, but he didn't get any penalty points by the sound of it. So there you go. And again, very promising from Pierre. So it's not at the end of the world necessarily. And I'm, I'm hopeful that Alpine can be closer to the front, but don't expect it. Don't expect it. They touched the car 0.4 seconds too early. Savage. Savage indeed. Right, next team, Mercedes. Now, this week's video is going to be about Mercedes um, more broadly and um, what's happened to Mercedes because it's not looking good, Brev. Uh, Toto called it the worst race experience he's had. Or something along those lines. Remember when Kevin in the Haas in like Canada, I think, was like moaning, like, this is the worst experience I've ever had in a racing car. Total Wolf essentially said that. And yeah. It feels like based off what we saw yesterday, they are the full fastest car. At least in in, in Bahrain, they were the full fastest car. You know, you had Leclerc and Science clear of them in qualifying. And seemingly in the race as well, Charles would have held on to P3. Aston Martin, just as close in qualifying, I think, but better on their tyres. You know, it's um, it's not good. It's not good. And yeah, Toto's obviously come out and said that radical change is needed. And look, what do Mercedes do? Do they... I think they have to just this season's done. Like they're not going to catch Red Bull. They're not going to fight for a world championship this year. This season's done. Finn. End. Just leave the car as it is. Leave the car as it is. Get fourth in the constructors. Get that little bit more wind tunnel aero time and put all of your resource into next year. And move from there. Like. I don't see what else they can do. 
if if they want to improve marginally, sure, like don't do that. But but they need to improve significantly because Red Bull. And look, maybe there is an opportunity to catch Red Bull when this extra aero time starts to actually hurt them, which is more likely to be like later this year, from from my understanding now, um, and like next season. But and again, look. look we will 99% of us in this live chat. Maybe there's a couple of you actually really, really know what you're talking about from an engineering aerodynamics point of view, but the aerodynamic, the side pod is the most, it's the visual. It, it's not actually all to do with the side pod. It's, there's more of a philosophy built into it, but like the side pod is, is the, the visually obvious thing, which, which, you know, you see side, you see no side pod, you see slow car. You think, oh, that's why. And it's part of it, but it's not the whole thing. And yeah, I, I think that they've there was a decision. Do they stick with what they've got and try and make the most of it? And I think from what we've seen and the jump up of Aston Martin, the, the problem for Mercedes is, again, you can't spend your way out of a hole like you used to. And you've got Aston Martin jumping up. You've got maybe Alpine looking to nibble at their heels as well. Um you know, there's more competition now. So if you do flop, you're going to get more exposed than in the past where you had this clear top three with all their money and the worst they could finish is P3. I don't think that's the case anymore. Right now, yeah, the worst is they finish. They could finish is P4. But what if Alpine do bring another strong upgrade to their car? Maybe they're giving Mercedes some problems. You know, it's it's not out of question. Just because it's Mercedes, like no team is infallible. They might have been the most dominant team in F1 history in terms of eight constructors titles in a row, but that doesn't mean they're infallible and we're seeing that now. This is the team that beat Red Bull and Ferrari and everyone else eight seasons in a row in the constructors. They know what they're doing, but everyone makes mistakes. And even if it wasn't a mistake, it's just like how did... Not only Red Bull and Ferrari, you know, at development, but then Aston Martin come out of nowhere and, and create a quicker car for the start of this year. It's not good enough. And yeah, it does make me wonder. I feel for George, you know, because he saw all them years at Williams on the sideline with Valtteri getting the odd race win and winning Constructors' titles at Mercedes. And then he gets in and the slump begins as George comes into that team. And maybe it's complacency. Maybe. I don't know. The thing is, we, we don't know, know enough. Like On the outside looking in, we don't know enough about what went wrong. Was it just... Uh... It's easy in hindsight to be like, oh, that was clearly the wrong decision. And, and maybe, maybe it was, but maybe it wasn't. And maybe... Maybe it was worth the punt, you know? I, I, I think that one thing as well... You look at how long Red Bull stuck by Christian Horner, even when, you know, after the Vettel domination years, they were getting beaten year after year after year by Mercedes. You know, Christian and Adrian at that team weren't able to engineer a car better than the Mercedes, but they stuck by. And so I think I'm not going to sit here and be, oh, everyone needs to get sacked. So they need to change everything because that's not necessarily that. Like sometimes another team just does better than you. And you just need to suck it up and improve. Trust the process. Maybe. I don't know. 
That's what I mean. I don't have enough information. I don't have enough insight. I'm not an engineer. Um, but yeah. Tough time for Mercedes. Tough time for George. Tough time for Lewis as well. You've got to think, you know, if he doesn't believe this team can... Because I feel like if... If this team, if, if Lewis loses faith in this team being able to deliver him a car that he can fight for an eighth world title in, you know, I don't think, like, Alonso always talked about this. I'm only interested in being an F1 if there's a potential to win and be at the front. And he's realising that now. Sebastian talked about this. He was only interested in going that Aston Martin project because <clears throat> he thought there was potential for it to succeed. And, you know, obviously life as well and all that. Um, change for him but that's it uh, that's sport for you you know domination never lasts forever there's always someone who gets knocked off their pedestal and that's what we're seeing now you know that's what we're seeing now but anyway time for Ferrari 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 I said before, like, before the race, I was kind of expecting them to get issues from Mercedes and Aston Martin um, because of the tyre degradation. They've always been a better qualifying car than a race car. Aston and Mercedes last season were both better race cars than they were qualifying cars. So I was always, oh, okay, man. And Carlos did what he could, like, he got overtaken by Fernando. Fernando's car was clearly much quicker than his when they came to battle, Um but then for Charles to, to, to break down, first race of the year, power unit issue. Do we know the exact, because um, it was engine, have they put out exactly what it was by any chance? Because I don't actually know. Um, I, th I think battery failure. Yeah, because they, uh, they had to replace that electrical component. So was it to control electronics? Yeah. Because Oscar had, his issue was ele electronic as well, wasn't it? Because the steering wheel was like showing a different gear to what he was actually in or something. Um, it was a system that they changed. Yeah, maybe. Oh. yeah it's it's not it's not promising, is it? That's the thing. I I feel like that gap between Ferrari and Red Bull is if any is has if anything grown. I feel like it's, it's bigger. And that's not to do with Charles retiring either. You know, the gap he was pulling out on Charles at the start of the race. What it was like, seven seconds after about nine laps or something. And yeah, it's going to be a long year for Ferrari fans. And again, with Aston Martin up there, there's no guarantee they'll be in the fight for P2 or P3. They could, you know, if Mercedes do sort their act out, you know, you got to, you rely on Mercedes reliability. That's why they were able to keep close to Ferrari at the start of last year and outscore Ferrari in the second half of last year because they were the more reliable team, the more reliable car, um, and had more more reliable drivers as well. To be honest, um, yeah, I don't know how much of it is like you look at Red Bull right now and you just think, oh man, we just need to consolidate because <laughs> it's it's ominous. Bad day for Ferrari. Um, as much as Carlos Sainz got okay points, it should have been a lot more, clearly. We'll see. I mean, it's a marathon, not a sprint, as Lewis Hamilton famously once said. But 
Yeah, Saudi, straight line speed, less tyre deg. It will be interesting. We'll learn a lot from these first few races. Bahrain is exceptionally hard on the tyres. Um, it's a lot of straight lines and tight corners as well. So it doesn't really challenge high speed cornering performance too much. So we'll see that a lot more in Saudi for sure. Thank you, Lord Uzik. Um, I would sacrifice anything for Charles to have a nice drama-free race. <laughs> Good luck with that. No Ferrari BS, no engine problems. Just No, nah, it's not happening, Uzik. I'm sorry, you picked you pick the wrong, not so much Charles, you picked the wrong driver at a team to support in that instance. Um, but yeah. Oh, Ferrari. Oh, Ferrari. Never mind, because Red Bull are looking... We use this word so many times. Ominous. Ominous is the word, isn't it? One, two. Comfortable. Could turn the engines down. We're still 25 seconds clear of Alonso was max. Checo was like 10 seconds down the road. And again, I don't think that's a representative gap because I think they were just consolidating, you know, wipe extra um, revs on the engine when you don't need to, when you've got such a big gap at the front. Um, that's the thing, if you can develop a really good racing car, not only can you win convincingly, but you can put yourself into a position where you can then save your engine more than everyone else behind you who's ragging theirs to, to the red line. You know, you can save your engine a bit, you can save, you know, just wear on the car generally, you're not having to push as hard. Um, and that's it. And you've got uh, an amazing, amazing motor Adrian Newey, you know, he pioneer of ground effect back when it first kind of came about in F1 in what the eight is. And I'm sure he was around like that early stage anyway. Pretty sure he was. Um, and he's absolutely knocked it out of the park here. And that car just looks absolute planted and absolute spot on. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's look. I want to see a championship. I don't. I don't want to see anyone dominating. I didn't want to see Mercedes dominating for the seven years that they walked the championship. Sure, there was a couple of seasons where Ferrari got close and obviously, you know, 2021 was certainly a fight with Red Bull for sure. But to see that convincing a performance that early doors is certainly concerning um, from, a, from a title excitement challenge point of view for sure. Because my expectations were high for 2023 and I think... You know, when you look through the whole field, but there's nothing quite like a, a fight at the front. You you need that fight at the front, you know, because that's what everyone's going for. And you know, it looks like it look it's looking good for Max. And you know what? Like I said, this I put this on Twitter. Like Checo's delta to Max in qualifying. What Q one it was one and a half tenths. Q two it was two and a half tenths, and Q three it was less than one and a half tenths. So. Based off what we've seen in qualifying so far, Checo has seemingly closed that gap somewhat. Now, will that retain over the course of the season? We'll see. If he can keep it within a few temps in qualifying and keep this kind of, you know, 10 seconds or so off Max in race, then there's no reason why they'd change him. There's no reason why they'd swap a Ricardo in or swap and get a Norris and bring him in. Why would they do that? That's just going to, you know, destabilise the team. Um, if Checo can keep doing a job exactly as he did this weekend then he's got that seat for as long as he wants it, I think. Um, but yeah. We will see. We shall see. But hopefully, it's a little bit more of a battle this year. Like, Bahrain's one race. Again, it's high tyre deg. There's a lot more to come. 
Right. Okay. Cool. I think we are now that W's, W's and L's. Just to reflect on that briefly. Um, there's my fantasy league. Uh, not not great this weekend. Could have been worse. Could have been better. Um, also, racing chocks, ten percent off if you want to buy your own. I've got one pack of these left actually. These little um, pink and blue helmets we got made for Aldas and Tomo Live. I've got this discount code till like the end of March. So um, it's not sponsored, by the way. It's just I just wanted to support them because they hooked us up with these little helmets for our live event. Look at that. On my F1 pink helmet. This should be my merch. <laughs> well, no, I could, could actually sell them, couldn't I? Do a little, little collab with them and do some do some helmets, do some lids. Um, but yeah, there we go. Done. We are finished. Oh, roll, roll intro one final time. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for watching. Like the stream um, and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you subscribe. I'm sure you are subscribed, but double check. Make sure you are. If you're audio only, uh, five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pixo, Squarespace, um, uh tesco.com um <laughs> all of that stuff uh sorry well super super zav you've just joined but this is gonna live as a vod on youtube and you can also listen to this as a podcast and i'll upload that within like the next hour maybe um you're asking for minton shall i go get i'll get i'll get minton i'll get minton he's gonna be sleeping in bed so I'll roll intro one more time because my intro's sick. Look at that. Wait. This dog would sleep forever if I allowed it. Here he is. A sleepy shoe. Are you a sleepy sausage? Look at him. If you're audio only, you are kind of missing out on this bit. But this is right at the end of the YouTube video, so, you know. Hey, boy. Look at him. <laughs> He literally looked well chilled out, didn't he? Have you been a kip? Have you been a kip, mate? <laughs> you can barely keep his eyes open, man. It's quarter past one in the afternoon. What are you playing at? I'll take you for a walk after this, actually. Right. Say bye to all your adoring fans. There we go. Goodbye. Goodbye. You gonna yawn? One more yawn? No? Oh, bless you, you're so tired, mate. Good boy. Right down there. That's a wrap, everyone. Thank you all for coming. Take your, take your, what am I even saying? Take your time with your day. Be good, be happy, be well, be safe, be kind. Drink fluids, water ideally. And I'll see you maybe Wednesday for the upload. Might be Thursday for the next video on the Tomo YouTube channel. Cheers, everyone. Ciao, adios. I'm done.